G'day and welcome back to another episode of Ideas Digest. My name is Conrad and you may already know the devastating news that my best friend and podcast co-host Cam Ferry died. Uh, So I want to thank everybody for their support. I still have a fair few episodes I recorded with Cam that I haven't released yet. I'm honored to be able to share with you more of the great conversations that Cam and I had. Enjoy these episodes in memory of my best mate, Cam. I'm right and you're wrong. Once you start labeling people. Categorizing of humans and ideas. You have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being, to who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas. These things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. Welcome back, everybody, to Ideas Digest, the podcast, Cam, where we fear no idea Mm. and we leave no minefield unexplored. True. Minefields aren't typically, uh, they're not typically a great place to go exploring, but we seem <laughs> to enjoy not. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is metaphorical, kids. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah. go playing in minefields, yeah. We're please. not in the DMZ between North and South Korea right now. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a metaphorical minefield and we're enjoying it here. Real minefields, yeah. steer clear. Hot yeah. tip. Yeah. My name's Conrad. I'm Cam. Now, this show isn't just a podcast. No. We like to think of it as a practice. Now, yeah. what the bloody hell does that mean? Yeah, great question. Uh, well, <laughs> it means, Cam, it takes some effort. Yes. It means it takes some effort to listen to someone that yep. you disagree with. You see the title there and you're like, man, what the hell? Yeah. The practice of this podcast is clicking that episode. Yes. That might outrage you or trigger you. That's yes. the point yes. of the of the outrageous clickbait that we lean into on the show. Yep. Yeah. Um, but it's not easy to listen to someone with a different worldview. So just like any practice, the more you do it, the better you get at it. Yeah, it so, becomes easier. So yeah. keep listening, we say. Keep yeah. listening. It's, yeah. It is very enjoyable to listen to someone who mimics your uh, worldview. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's probably why you and I are friends, Cam. Yeah, probably. <laughs> We're a nice little <laughs> echo chamber in here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's nice to break that echo chamber every, every now and then yes. as well. So... If you're listening and you want to step into this practice, we've come up with some more specific things you can do yeah. to, to take the passive listen into a more active practice. Now, yes. Number yeah. one, yeah. we've already mentioned, click on the episode that outrages you the most yeah. that you yeah. don't think you're going to align with. Yeah. If, if the clickbait is attacking Christians and you're like, man, I'm a Christian, yeah. click it. Yeah. Click it. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> uh, number two, when you finish or while you're listening, yeah, yeah. send us... On a comment on Instagram, post yes. on one of the clips we've said. Send yeah. us a comment so everyone can see it. What question you wish we'd asked? What do we miss? Yeah, yeah. What did do you wish you knew more about? Yeah. Put the question in there. Makes yeah. it a bit more active. Shows yeah. you're like, oh, tell me more. That's the yeah. posture we want to have. Yeah. And then the last one, number three, in our DMs, sh- send us a short Twitter response, 250 characters or less. Yeah. What you would want to say to our guest. Yeah. You don't have to actually say it to them. Say yeah. it to what you wish you could say. We'll be the sounding board. We'll be a sounding board. <laughs> if it's too abusive, we won't pass it on. If yeah. it's quite encouraging, maybe we will. We yeah. want to keep people built up here. But yeah. uh, that's, that's, that's it for the... Three steps. Three preamble, steps. three yeah. steps. Get into it. Yeah. Now it's time to get into our episode, the yes. clickbait. Let us begin with the clickbait, the trigger, the thing that pulls people yeah. in. And the thing we must now learn to move past in this age of clickbait. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. got to just move yeah. through it. Yeah. It's there. 
embrace it. Yeah. It can be helpful. Yeah. It can give us some listeners every now and then. <laughs> uh, the better the clickbait, the more listeners we get. It's yeah. funny how that works. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah. we're going to push through it. Here we go. The clickbait today, Cam. Mm. Bad theology kills queer people. Yeah. Now, I almost wanted to dial that to 10 <laughs> and say Christians kill queer people. Oh, okay, yeah. Which, I mean, honestly, though, <laughs> not like... Okay, well, our guest today, the disembodied voice you're hearing coming through is Kevin. Yeah. Kevin, thanks, for, hey, thanks Kevin. for being on the show. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me, honestly. Sorry that I keep interrupting. I'm a Baptist. Like, we're, we're very loud people. Oh, that's okay. Oh, that's, that's definitely fine. fine to have. <laughs> it's great that people know who you are now. Yeah. Uh, now, you've equipped us with some very potent clickbait, yes. and we've dialed it to 10. I'm going with Christians yeah. kill queer people because, yeah. hey, why the hell not? Yeah. Uh, but before we kind of get kicked off, Kevin, um, we've heard the clickbait. We've met you. We, uh, we've heard your voice, but we need to know a little bit more information about you. Cam and I, sure. we usually start off the show with some... Fast and loose assumptions. Yeah. We make yeah. judgments. Why? Because everyone does it. So mm. let's do it here. Mm. But we're going to put them to you and you'll get the chance to say yes or no. But before yeah. we do that, mm. we need a bit more ammunition. Yeah. I mean, I mean information. Right, 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 <laughs> so right. he, Kevin, could you just give us some surface level? Like we've, we've just met, you know, how old are you? Yeah. What's mm. your background? Uh, what's your education, your job? Work, Tell yeah. us just surface level stuff, cocktail mixer type, sure. type information. Hello, my name is Kevin Miguel Garcia. My pronouns are they, them. I'm 30 years old. I'm a Scorpio with a Gemini moon okay. and a Pisces rising or Aquarius, depending on what house system you're using. Um, I have an undergraduate degree in music education with a minor in jazz studies and a master's in uh, practical theology with an emphasis on worship, preaching, and the arts. I'm the author of the book, Bad Theology Kills. I host a podcast called A Tiny Revolution. Uh, I am a spiritual coach and uh, creative healer, mystic, um, you know, possibly the local witch in your town that everybody gets their love potions <laughs> from, uh, or at least like getting to it. Uh, and I'm currently training to be, uh, I'm currently training in hypnotherapy to become a hypnotherapist. Right. So, wow. man, that's a lot. We, we have. He's very good at that. Yeah. Preamble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like, what are you there's, doing? It's like, boom, here you go. There is, I mean, there's a lot in there. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. A lot of words. <laughs> I, I have no idea. But this is a great thing. We're going to learn about yeah, that. My ignorance right. will be enlightened yeah. just, just Exposed. a little bit. But we've got, we've got more than enough, Cam. Oh, yeah. I've just met yeah. Kevin. Yeah. I've heard his, his pre-show run. Yeah, yeah. And I've got some bloody good assumptions. I think so. Judgments even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Definitely. listen, judge away. Here we go. Here we go. So, a simple yes or no, Kevin. You, you get, we are gracious enough to give you the right of reply of a yes or a no. Yeah. Two boxes. They're very small. We're mm -hmm. going to put you into one or the other. Yeah. Don't care if it, if it fits. Yeah. It's for us, not you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes or no's only. Got you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm hearing an accent. He's American. I'm going to say, given all the the, the the mystical things going on in yeah. that title, yeah. Californian. Yeah. For mm, sure. No. Oh, all right. I I'll, wish. You, okay. Where, where is it then? I've got to know. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. I am in the South. Oh, flip. Oh, wow. Way I did off. not expect Way that. <laughs> Local witch in the town for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. Not many all right. It kind of throws us off this one, but I think we're still on track. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so you're either 
pro-gun, uh, sorry, anti-gun or pro-weed. You got one of the two. Or both. Or both, yep. let's face it. Anti-gun or pro-weed. So can I check yes to both of those boxes? Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah anti-gun, yeah. pro-weed for sure. All right. So all we've right. definitely got, he's a Californian okay. outside of California somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, okay. I have it on good authority, which is your website, <laughs> that you are, quote, a woo-vibey-ass bitch. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Hard okay, yes okay. to woo-woo-vibey-ass right. bitch, which is how Crystal <laughs> described Alicia Keys at the BET Awards. And I said, that's me. That's oh, see, I have, I have none yeah, of this okay. background. I did, I did not pick up that reference. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm not expecting anyone to get that reference. It's very niche. It's very niche. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. Oh, I feel right. better about that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Where else? Unless you're, unless you're into yeah, yeah. like deep cut, like uh, black American culture and like black queer culture, like you wouldn't know about it. So <laughs> I'm not yeah, surprised. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So next question, given that, the title here given the clickbait title that we've gone with Mm -hmm. are you would you consider yourself queer yes very definitely like just like big as if i can fill that in that square and like circle it just color it yeah you meant to just tick but he's colored it in yeah Yeah, i want to color it in actually color the whole page and just leave (laughs) queer the only (laughs) thing thing. (laughs) okay Given some people in different audience and their assumptions i'm going to try my best to tap into them oh yeah yeah Mm. some people may be thinking, okay, he he's, he's said he's queer. Yeah. You must have made the conscious decision yeah. to be queer. Like one day you're like, I'm just going to be queer. Yeah. Mm. Good decision made. Yes or no? Good decision? Absolutely. Yes. Good decision. Okay. Good decision. Okay. <laughs> I love conscious, the decision conscious... I made to be queer. Yeah. Okay, okay. I feel like is that sarcastic? Yeah. Also, just for the record, for those of you listening, like I, I didn't, I didn't choose to be queer, but okay, <laughs> I did start to text some sarcasm. Yeah. I know that's, I know that's like shocking that people don't choose their sexuality or their gender. Uh, well, yeah. it might be to some. It might, be. yeah, it might be to some. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes so that's you know, I have, I have a lot of fun with it. So would I, given the yeah, choice, I would choose it. <laughs> oh, there we go. There's there the, oh, go. too much nuance. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So you mustn't be a Christian then because you're queer and you've said all these things. And How could that? I don't, it doesn't seem to fit, does yeah, it? Yeah, it doesn't. Like, you know, particularly with the title, the clickbait title we've gone with. So you mustn't be Christian. Oh, God. I have to, you, I have to say yes or no to this. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. forcing you in. He's yeah. struggling. Oh. Get in there. <laughs> well, I think, I think today I am a Christian. Today, tomorrow might be oh. a no, but today I feel like I'm a Christian. They, everyone is very good at this, like <laughs> yeah. slipping the slipping out of so the I'm box. Say yes. like, get back in there. Yeah. Today, today I'm a Christian. <laughs> today, right. yes, it All does right. fit the rules. We got him on uh, a yes day. Okay, so, yeah, we got okay. him on a yes day. Okay, so okay, if he today he's a Christian, then he must read the Bible. So some people might be thinking, mm. well. If he is a Christian and yeah. queer, yeah. then he must read the Bible in you know, a particular way. In a particular yeah. way, yeah. some might say a wrong way, yeah. and they they would say you're just reading what you want into the Bible when you read yeah. the Bible. It's all your feelings, interpretation. It's not the real yeah. thing. They might say. Am, am, am I said to guess? I agree with that sentiment, or no? I disagree with that sentiment. That's yeah, right. Uh, I would say no. I, I disagree with that sentiment. So no. Okay. okay. So he's saying I I'm not reading my stuff into it, despite what some of them might assume. Well, yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. See. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, There'll be time for nuance later. <laughs> this is, yeah. this is where I get canceled. This is where I get canceled. 
All right. So because of um, your bio that you gave us, like your line of work, mm. you um, and like we don't seem to have it in Australia so much. No, but when, when I have heard it once actually. Yeah, no, from from a few people I've occasionally. Heard it. Yeah, yeah. It's slipped in there real casual. But it's not as a. It's not as prevalent as, as the States. Like, you hear That's it a right. lot from the States. You hear this thing of gay agenda. The gay agenda. Yeah. So are I've you heard a part I'm, of yeah, the he gay... Knows yeah, that's about. right. So, are you a part of the gay agenda? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One hundred. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say definitely a hard yes to the gay agenda. Uh, it it okay. took a while to get to my house. Because uh, I, I moved <laughs> in the middle of my coming out, so like they shifted to the, my old place, and so I had to get a replacement. Oh, your membership oh, went to the wrong. Lot, yeah, okay. There's a lot of paperwork yeah, I had yeah. to go through with the gay mafia and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so yeah. Uh, I'm also I'm a part of the gay agenda. I own a gay agenda. Um, okay. And, <laughs> All right. You know, is that just, a model of car or? <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about it. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, right. thanks for the information. You've given to us sworn to secrecy. This is really good. Okay. Well, when you okay, choose great, to be great, gay, great. Um, make sure you just give them the right address. Okay, all right. That's all you're saying. All right, fair enough. There's some, some dry humor right there. I'm enjoying it. All right. So, well, he's a card carrying member of the quote gay agenda. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you must be. So you gave. Um, Oh, actually, yeah, he gave, he, his, he gave his they pers- them pronouns. Yeah, personal. Pronouns, so you yeah, would yeah. be what people would say sensitive about pronouns. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. okay. Very yes. solid. Easily. All right. Yes. All right. I- okay. Cool. All right. Last question then. Um, you're an advocate for cancel culture, so you. If people, <laughs> he already knows. <laughs> it doesn't look like I need to explain anymore. Yes or no? Advocate for cancel culture. Um, nah, no, no. Oh, right. I, I mean, because like again, people would have had that. That's a that's a very because we have to like if we say yes to something like I ha- we have to like define what we're saying yes to because everyone has a different definition of cancel culture. He is very good. Yeah, and he's, he's segueing he's done this before. <laughs> directly into our podcast. He gets it. Yeah, he gets it. The, yes. the the shoe doesn't fit when we try and force it into a certain fixed category. Yeah, yeah. We need definitions. We yeah. need understanding. We need more information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had assumptions. We've put them to Kevin. Yeah, we've said. We've, we've had, said we've had a lot of misses, but we had a couple of. We hits. had a lot of misses, a lot of misses. Yeah, he he got he, they. See, I'm even. There yeah, you go. Yeah, I'm, you did I'm, it. They. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting that. Okay, that's exactly what you're supposed to do too. Is like when you mess up, just like wait a second. They, ding ding ding. Every time you mess up, just so, fix it. No big deal. So they're not right. mean about it. Kevin's yeah, yeah, not yeah, mean yeah, about yeah. it. He's He's like, oh, come on, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. well, appreciate that. Yeah, and. Yeah. Now we need to move into some some nuances. A lot of like Cam and I showing our yeah, what like well, very straight a, way of seeing a, the world. Admittedly, we are trying to channel a few that's, that's <laughs> right, particular right. worldviews as well. Uh, so, Kevin, it's great to have you here. Mm. We've got the clickbait: bad theology kills queer people. I mean, there's a slash lot of Christians slash Christians kill, kill yeah, queer people, yeah. which is probably the bad theology part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where would you like to start with this clickbait? We'll kind yeah. of hand it over to you. Mm. Yeah. Where would you like to, to go with it? Um, the, the beginning point. Explain the idea if you'd like yeah. to start there and then we can go into how you got there. Yeah. So the book I wrote is called Bad Theology Kills and the subtitle is Undoing Your Toxic Belief and Reclaiming Spiritual Authority. 
and um, it was born out of my own experiences as, as a queer person and as a person of faith, as a person who grew up very Christian. And by very Christian, I mean like I was in the church three times a week. Uh, so fast forward uh, to this book. Um, I came out of the closet. I was dealing with a whole bunch of uh, learning what it was to be an advocate, learning what it was to advocate on behalf of myself, um, learning what it was to uh, see my work as intersectional and uh, integral to everybody else's work and liberation. Um, and the thing I kept seeing as like the common denominator as the thing that kept separating people from people and separating people from resources and causing people to uh, act in a certain way that I think is antithetical to existence and, and to healthy living. Uh, it, it just it just hit me like it was like bad theology is killing people and specifically where I come from in a church setting. The bad theology is that God doesn't love LGBTQ people or that God did or that queer people are a mistake or that God doesn't uh, or that God sends gay people to hell. You know, God hates fags. Pardon, the, you know, for people who, mm. who hate that word. Sorry. It's, but it's the word that gets mm. used against us. And so mm -hmm. that is that was a bad theology. But then as I was exploring more of it, I, I slapped that on a T-shirt a couple years ago, made a good chunk of change off of it, still do. Um, <laughs> and but the thing is, it's really gone beyond just LGBTQ people. It, it goes all the way to. Uh, bad theology is killing black people because of white supremacy and white supremacy is a theology because what you think about god is what you think about humanity and what you think about humanity affects how you change what you do like changes what you do mm. so when i say bad theology kills i mean that uh, trans women of color in the united states are typically murdered at a rate that is astronomically higher than every other um, marginalized group in america when i say bad theology mm. kills i mean that there are teens and there, there are teens who kill themselves because their pastors say that all gay people are going to hell and God doesn't love them and that they're an abomination. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I almost killed myself twice. I mean that yeah. uh, when I say bad theology kills, I mean that an officer knelt on George Floyd's neck and killed him. That's what I mean. Brianna, like, that there is a system in this world that prizes white bodies and white people over black people. That's bad theology. What I mean is that in America, you can get a gun legally and just go shoot an entire club. You can go shoot up an entire church. You can shoot up an elementary school. And you know what the US government is going to prize over your children's safety? The short-term profits of gun manufacturers. Mm. That is what I mean by bad theology. Mm. It is killing every single one of us. It has been killing indigenous people. It has been killing black people, queer people, women every single one of us that's what i mean when i say bad theology kills can you just define theology even further mm. so like people sure. would be hearing okay using the word theology in regards mm. to worldview that seeps into people mm. like Society. police officers who may yeah. or may not be christian right. to a, a culture yeah keep mm -hmm. talking about how you're using the word theology yeah. there and how how people come to that theology mm -hmm. mm. right so we have to understand, at least for much of the world, uh, I mean, y'all are pretty familiar that y'all have mega churches down there in Australia. So you have that evangelical- We got one, <laughs> maybe two. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but, but like, let me tell you, I have, a, I have a good number of queer Christian friends down there. So it's all I ever mm -hmm. hear about. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, but anyways, so when I say theology, I mean the ways that we think about and talk about this idea of God, this idea of the infinite, this idea of that which holds everything together. The, the, the mystery that is just outside of our periphery. That's what I say theology is. Mm. And, and also, That's funny enough, definition. Uh, theology is all a theory. Like, you can't actually prove any of it. It's just ideas. It's just mm. a bunch of ideas about God. And everyone says you have to have the right theology. And that's what they taught us a lot, like in the evangelical world, right? Uh, at least for me, I was taught that there's one way to see the world. There's one way mm. to heaven, and it's this way. And everybody else is And going what was to that for you? Oh, Jesus Christ. You had to baptize for the forgiveness of your sins. And give it and sins being an action and like a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but sin not yeah. only being that, but also specific actions. Not all uh-huh. because like that's the thing, it's just like if your actions were okay with the church, like um, if you gave 10% to your church but you didn't give any money to charity, fine. You you gave to your church, that's what's important, even though you neglected yeah. Jesus telling you to feed people. Right. You know. So right. uh so when I say specific bad the- actions, yeah. Yeah, and so I make a pretty clear distinction between good and bad theology because it is that black and white. It's life and death. And so bad theology, I would say, is anything that disallows for disallows human flourishing in either actions taken or actions left undone. That's what I would right. say a bad theology is. Anything that is keeping people from flourishing, be it a thought, um, a thought that leads to a system, a system that leads to oppression. And I would say good theology is anything that removes our blocks to the perception of love's presence. That's what I would call good theology. Anything that leads us back to peace, back to to center. And it's at the same time in the presence of good theology, there's wholeness of body, mind, and spirit. That sounds like a um, almost a fruits of the spirit measuring stick. For Hello, somebody the... who has read the Bible. Come on, <laughs> uh, Sabbath school. Uh, <laughs> growing up, uh, so if we go with theology, a very Christian term, Christians mm-hmm. uh, are killing queer people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Christians have these ideas and theories. It was an interesting way you put it, quite clear mm. with the definition of theology there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Christians have ideas and theories mm-hmm. that are killing people, and I'm yeah. gathering these ideas and theories seep into society. Now, are these ideas and theories, you mentioned some explicit ones, yeah. which, I mean, to, okay, to be honest, I've never heard an explicit teaching on gay people are going to hell. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard it explicitly. Yeah. Oh. But I would say implicitly, mm. I've come across it mm-hmm. multiple times. Multiple times. And if I ever said, "Oh, so you think gay people are going to hell?" it would be it would it would be a bit of a, a dance. Yeah, it would be right. a bit of a, yeah. "Oh, well, only if they're, you know, only, that's up for God to judge. It's yeah, not." Yeah. So, so Talk to me about, say, maybe some of the explicit ideas that are mm-hmm. killing people and maybe some implicit ones that you've personally come yeah. across. Because you've obviously come a- personally come across yeah. explicit yeah. teaching, yeah. which mm-hmm. I've never quite seen. Well, I would say that, like, all there are no idle thoughts and there are no idle theologies because what gives rise to an entire world can hardly be called idle. That's what the Course in Miracles tells us. And so when I think about people who say, like you, you confront them and you say, 
So do you think gay people are going to hell? Like, well, you know, I don't think it's God's best for us. I just think that God designed marriage mm. a very specific mm-hmm. way. And I just, I love everybody no matter what. And I support them no matter what, blah, 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 blah. You are, mm. no, that's so annoying. And it's such a cop out because it jettisons <laughs> your responsibility of interpreting the text in front of you. Um, right. And so, and what's like, the harm in that sidestep in that, that, um, because it says engagement with it because you tell the person in front of you that you don't matter enough to me for me to engage with this Hmm. if i don't have to have an opinion of this like i don't have and the thing about it is it's fear it's because this uh, this, again theory on my end is that a lot of people do actually think that they can be loving while also telling somebody that their sexual orientation or gender identity is sinful but the problem with it is is that Hmm evangelicals and people who hold that worldview think of uh think of it as an action and not an identity they think of it as something that you do with your body and not a part of how you interact with the world because like the fundamental change has to we have to realize is that sexuality is not about who i want to stimulate my genitals on any given day i mean that's part of it but it's not all of it you know it's Mm -hmm. sexuality is how i perceive beauty is how I form relationships. It is how I connect with my body. It's how I connect with the world. It's everything. It's how mm. I connect with my friends because mm. all sexuality is, is a desire for reconnection and desire to be wow, connected. Very interesting. And you're, so, you're giving a, um, a very expansive definition of sexuality, which, yeah. which I, it, from at least my context, it's never, it's never really spoken about except probably for genital stimulation yeah, yeah. ways. Mm, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, keep talking about when you're talking about sexuality, how you're using it, because it seems far more yeah. wide-reaching than just yeah. very, than beyond sex. Yeah. yeah, because at the end of the day, like, um, I don't just look at like, my sexual orientation or my gender as queer. Um, my entire exists like the, again, this is me going like heart, like Marxist socialist, like queer, queer Marxist socialist over here, you know? <laughs> um, but like, I, I really do believe in, um, breaking down the traditional, you know how like Christians are scared, like the queers are trying to destroy the traditional family and yeah, mm-hmm. guess the gay what? Agenda, yes. Yes, the gay agenda. But the funny thing is, is that I think that's what Jesus was trying to do the entire time. Because he said, if you do not hate your father and mother, you can't follow me. He said that. That's in the Bible. And it's like, what do you mean, Jesus? Mm. Hate my father and mother. And yet it's one of the commandments to honor thy father and mother. So which is it, Jesus? But he's not saying that. He's saying, Mm. if you cannot love the person who like, it's like, who is my mother? Who is my, my father? It's the person who's right mm. in front of me. And then I also took it a step further. Like if your mother is homophobia and your father is white supremacy, you know, if you were raised in a system like that, then the mm. metaphorical mother and father. Yeah. Yes. That's what Jesus is saying. He's just like, you got like, you really mm. have to take on this new person. But anyways, back to sexuality. Yes. Um, it's not one dimensional. We already knew that. Um, and like we, we have, and so interestingly, like how much of our vulnerability and our, uh, our fears are also wrapped up in like our fear. It's our fear of being seen. It's our fear of being mm. soft. It's our fear of being exposed. 
Um, and yet we know through vulnerability, if we're reading our Brene Brown, vulnerability is the way to create long lasting connections. And so it's the thing we fear the most because it's the way we can get betrayed the most. But sex is, sexuality is not about who I want to simulate my genitals. It's about how I want to connect with myself and God in the world. Wow. Mm, yeah. That's a very thought provoking. And it includes everything. Yeah. So um, I want to draw a, a, a split in ideas because the thing that fascinates me mm. and how I engage with things obviously is ideas. And that's why it's ideas digest because mm. I'm trying to map mm. where people split and come with the different ideas so yeah. last week and i'm not sure when it will be released in the series mm -hmm. maybe before this episode even so that would work yeah we spoke to a gentleman from a southern baptist seminary yeah and he brought up homosexuality and and, mm -hmm. and those things and we, we kind of touched on them a little bit <laughs> um and the, the you identified the split very well the split was when he was talking about it he was talking about it um like homosexuality as defined as just an action, like a yes. choice, yes. don't act on it. It's like every other sin. And that's he was how... talking about behavior more that's, than anything. That's right. It was yeah. a behavioral sin definition. But yeah. Kevin here is talking about mm -hmm. a... He's expanding that being like, well, it's not yeah. sexual stimulation. Yeah, it's, it's not behavior. So it's if, more like... A, why of yeah well because like think about it this way world sort of thing think about it this way when you you guys are both straight you identify as straight yes mm. if you cease to have sex for the rest of your life do you stop being straight yeah well yeah no. i wouldn't no yeah. you'd still be I straight even I, wouldn't that, say so. I wouldn't think so <laughs> yes. yeah yeah same thing yeah. same thing here even if i am never even if i was celibate and never having sex with anyone mm. i'm still mm. i'm still gay as the day is long like, and perhaps they would say that that would be ex an acceptable mm -hmm. way of being gay within the church. Yeah, yeah. I've just you because, can think about because it because of the lack of action. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. sure, if there are some people for whom celibacy, and here's the thing, they also neglect to tell you is that uh, celibacy in the scripture is a gift of the spirit. That is what it says in the Bible. It's a gift of the spirit. And you know what everybody has? Different giftings of the spirit. And so <laughs> if celibacy was my gifting, I might be going at it. But guess what? Most people, you're not oh, asking them to it. give up sex. <laughs> the thing about it is, is that most people, you ask them to, you're not just asking them to give up a physical pleasure in this world. You're asking them to give up an entire connection to a way of life and a dream that so many people have. You're asking them to forego romantic connections, which are we know are so integral in discovering who we are and discovering the pleasures of life. They're, you're asking them to forego building a family, which is what so many people, you know, that's how we build our legacy. And that's also how we build a better world is by passing it on to people, people that you know, mm. we love and people that we can, can build a life with. You know, you're asking people so, to give up so much more than just an orgasm. Mm. Mm. So is this, um, I'm sort of, am I picking up that you're sort of saying this is less a problem of action and more a problem of mm -hmm. like definition then? Because like you say, like what you were saying where you're like, I'm still gay whether I have sex with a man or not. Mm -hmm. um, if I choose to be celibate, 
I'm still gay. Mm-hmm. So is our definitions and is our desire is to label yeah. and to mm-hmm. categorize, is it more that problem than like a behavior problem, like from where yeah. you're coming from? Is that yeah. too much of a stretch? Or? No, no, no. It's not much of a stretch at all. It's, it's just kind of going to, if the question behind that question is kind of this, is the following idea. Um, one of two statements is true. Either I am gay, therefore I do gay things, or I do gay things, therefore I am gay. Which is it? Yeah. Because like the thing yeah, is like, yeah. if I, me talking to you, I'm talking to you very gaily because it's just part, mm. it's just part of the package. You know, mm. I'm ta- you know, when I yeah, wake yeah. up, when I walk around, I'm walking gaily everywhere because guess what? I'm a gay. <laughs> Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like anything I, I don't anything know what I it do, looks like to walk gaily, but I'll take your word for it. Listen, I can show you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> give, us a, give us a catwalk. <laughs> it involves heels. No, I'm just. Uh, but it's the same thing. With you. It's like anywhere you guys go, anything you're doing, mm. you're doing it as a straight human because that's yeah. just who you are. And that's the, the thing. But that's about the it thing. Is, like, lots of emotional avoidance for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. Good, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, yeah mate. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your social distance. Yeah. <laughs> but so but that that's the thing. Saying, it's like, it's the, the, the idea of definitions. And this is where you're going to have a divergence in the woods, if you will, between uh, folks who would identify as either side B or celibate queer Christians. And the problem is, is that like, I do not give straight Christians, like, it, like, as far as I'm concerned, the only people who get to decide to be celibate and defend it to me are other celibate gay Christians who have chosen oh, it for yeah. themselves of their own volition because everybody else, you like, it becomes a mandate otherwise, and it mm. cannot be a yeah. mandate. And so I totally respect my friends who have chosen to be celibate. I think you're gonna live a sad and small life probably. It's gonna be very boring. Mm. And you're missing out on so much because you still think that God hates you over something that God doesn't hate you over. But right. to ask a, for a straight person, to ask a queer person to give that up, I'm just like, you're not even willing to stand in solidarity with me. Mm. Like I've never met a pastor who willingly, it's just like, we're willing to stand with our brothers and sisters. Here's the problem with like trying to ask people to do that is you don't have the familial or community infrastructure to support somebody in their singleness. You ask somebody to be celibate, they get older, no kids, no spouse, no family. Are they going to become mm. a part of your family? Are you going to let them come and help mm. raise your children? Are you going to like invite mm. them over all the time? Or is it going to be yeah. one of those situations where they get old and it's weird to have a 45-year-old effeminate gay man who's just single floating around the church because he can't find a spouse? Because you yeah, didn't create yeah. the infrastructure because you asked too much because you didn't know what you were asking, did you, church? Mm. There's a, yeah, there's yeah. a lot that has, is, it's, it's everything wrapped up in what it is to be human. It obviously makes sense with your ex- more expansive definition of sexuality. It's what mm. it is to be human, but then it goes to the very practical levels of what it is to be human in community, yeah. what it is to be mm. human in relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it is reduced to an action being like oh simple you can still be gay just don't act on it you are reducing that human experience not only to an action of celibacy probably maybe perhaps chosen out of fear of hell or fear of god or something yeah Mm -hmm. but you're reducing the whole things that make up because humans on some level we are like 
relational being. That's right. Yeah, in our yeah. in our Western way of thinking, I think, well, I'm me and I'm separate from you. But yeah. in reality, yeah. I am mm. me because of my interactions with other yeah. people that yeah. have shaped mm. who I am yeah. and all of... It's a, humans are complex. Yeah. And so yeah. it makes sense that Kevin's talking about a complex sexuality and a yeah. complex mm. relational yeah. structure when it pertains mm. to gayness yeah. or queerness yeah. as it would pertain to just anybody else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sort of like the, the pursuit of simplicity really stifles the human, human experience. experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we're not... We're not single issue people. We don't live like Audre Lorde said. We're not single issue people because we don't live single issue lives. And mm. I think the, I think you you guys like really hit the nail on the head of understanding that it is not when we reduce it to when we reduce sexuality to a simple sex act, uh, we reduce the human um, mm. who's attached mm. to that. And sex can be simple for some people. So some people like, but. I don't, I'm not casual about anything. Like it's mm. still for me sex. Like, I think that's like this big misconception out there that like everybody is so obsessed with our sex life, but like, do you know what like most people are doing on Saturday? Mowing their lawns, you know? Mm. You know what most, you know what, you know what most gay people are doing right now? Sheltering in place mm. because we didn't, because the president of the United States told people to not wear fucking masks. <laughs> that's what we're doing no, we're, we're trying to survive yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god that's what we've so, been doing well there's there's mm. there's something in that that and i love drawing out things that are not controversial in mm. in what you're saying is that you're saying don't re- don't reduce sex to just an act mm. and christians would agree with you in that mm-hmm. yeah. they they would they openly would say when the secular world you know frivolously has sex at a club get drunk whatever hook up mm. with somebody mm. that that is the ge- generic christian response is oh, it's more than that it's a spiritual yeah. thing it's a connection with somebody yeah and so and so once again when you're you're saying the exact same thing just in a slightly different application so yeah. it, that's yeah. almost not, like, not controversial. Yeah, but it doesn't gel yeah it might not gel yeah <laughs> yeah because their, their thing is is like they have such a like uh, evangelical Christian ideology would say that the Bible is clear that it's one man and one woman. They get very, very hung up on this thing that it's the word of God TM. Um, but really mm. what they mean is that they need to, be, like, I have to believe these precepts in order for me to be okay with this vengeful God who might send me to hell. And if I, mm. if I disturb mm. anything in this worldview, if I pull on this house, it's a, basically a house of cards that each one of them has a very, very delicate theological statement on them that if pulled off and questioned, the whole thing comes down. So for me, mm. as an evangelical who grew up thinking that I, like gays are going to hell, uh, man is the head of the house as Christ is the head of the church, uh, abortion is murder, and um, you know, God loves America yeah. more than everywhere else. That was also, that's mm. a part well, of- that's true. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> do i wear australian we have it ingrained in us that that's not the case <laughs> yeah jesus anyways um i had to i had to pull on that card that was labeled is being gay a sin question mark and i pulled on that and once i pulled that card it was, and the answer I, I i looked at it and it was no was the answer <laughs> and i'm like and then by that time everything else fell down and so i started looking at all of the other cards and realizing oh like if my faith can be shaken and destroyed by pulling out one card, mm-hmm. that's data. 
like why and, yeah. and so like people mm. get this like they get uh they feel like i felt like i had like the rug pulled over my eyes for so long and then i was like oh my god i'm awake now i can see mm. and th this is not to like degrade the bible this is not to say the bible is not important or can't be used or shouldn't be used because i see the bible mm. as a great source of wisdom that i still use to this day i love the bible mm. i think it's got great things but also you know, even if it is the perfect word of God, I do not believe that we have the ability to perfectly interpret it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, right. And so yeah, yeah. that's the problem. So many people like, I just want people to be open to being wrong. I'm open to being wrong. That's the thing. Right. It's like, I realize I could be wrong about all of it. We could be wrong. We could get to the other side of forever. And God could be like, hey, you know what? All those evangelicals were right. And I am sending you to hell. They could be right. However... <laughs> Yeah. yeah what if yeah, we're I'm lucky then <laughs> yeah my thing is though like what if we're right what if we are right mm. that god is love what if we are right that god isn't as inclusive as we believe god could be what if god wasn't a man what if god didn't literally mm. uh what if god l included everyone and excluded no one and so i i posit that idea it's just like it uh there is a you, you said at the very beginning, a fruit of the spirit thing. And Jesus, who we count as our teacher in Christianity, would say that you will know a tree by its fruit and a good tree will bear good fruit and a bad tree will bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. And so if we want to look at the harvest of what non-affirming theology, bad theology has done to everyone, we see the bad fruit, we see death, specifically in queer stuff. What does the non-affirming, rejecting theology do? Uh, LGBTQ homelessness in America, user, I think it's like 28% of the youth are LGBT because they were kicked out of their homes. Trans people are the most likely to lose their jobs because it's uh, just recently become a protected, um, being queer is now a protected um, class of citizen in the US because before that you could get fired for being trans and often did. So all these things, these negative things, death, anxiety, depression, oh, like LGBTQ people are more likely to use drugs. LGBTQ people are more likely to engage in risky sexual behaviors. And this is not mm. about the behaviors it's because we spent our entire lives being rejected. And so of course, when a society, an entire group of people is rejected, they will run to anything. They'll run to anything to make them feel whole. That's bad fruit. And some people run into the arms of death. I know people who killed themselves. I tried to kill mm. myself twice. And so the fruit of a non-affirming theology is death. Yeah, sorry, the last part of that is conversely, the fruit of affirming theology, of welcoming theology that says LGBTQ people are not only okay in the eyes of God, but fearfully and wonderfully made on purpose. We have people, we have families that stay together. We have people who are able to hold on to their faith and able to engage in more work. We have people engaging in activism. We have people getting in therapy, walking away from addiction. Like we have families that are growing. I, we have individuals who are able to engage with healthy relationships for the first time in their lives. You know, if um, that to me looks like good fruit. And so if, if the data, if the fruit speaks for itself, there really isn't a debate then, in my opinion. Is it, I mean, there is a position or a debate. It's just a debate, it's a debate between what is life-giving and what is death-dealing. Mm, you're, you're saying let, let's sidestep this question.
question or ignore this this definition of sin being just bad and going, okay, well, let's look at the outcome mm-hmm. of ex- yeah. like accepting people, including people, loving people. What's happening? What's happening to the LGBT mm-hmm. community right. when we espouse these ideas? Mm-hmm. And it, it may be... Maybe it's too personal and it's up to you if you want to go into it, but I'd love yeah, to hear as deep as you can a, a bit yeah. about your journey, like mm. yeah, growing part up. Of, part of Ideas Digest is putting the person behind the idea, like filling in the gaps on, so that we can personalize the and, idea. Yeah. And you grew up Southern Baptist, did you? And uh, yeah, Southern if you want to talk, evangelical. So basically Southern Baptist. Okay, okay. Mm. And yeah, I'd love to hear about your journey growing up within that. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out and then like if it's not too personal like the what what were you thinking what, what were the, the things, things the Jenga blocks that you started removing and that yeah. led yeah. you to wanting to kill yourself and what kind of led you out the other side I'm, I'm very curious about that yeah so trigger warning for everybody ahead you know we're going to talk mm-hmm. about suicidal ideation um, and attempting so if that's hard for you take a step back um, mm. so my mama was the worship leader growing up my uncle was the pastor And so I learned very early on who Jesus was. And I actually had this like pretty interesting mystical experience at nine years old that I didn't realize was an experience of the holy until much, much, much later in life. But that was like the first time I felt spirit or presence or whatever you want to call it. Um, Mm. And I was told in that moment to stop being so dramatic, but like, I was just like, I look back on that moment and I can still picture it and feel it perfectly in my body. And it was just this feeling of Mm. like love, 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 just flowing up out of me. And I was just, I was elated. I was delighted. Um, Fast forward to when I was turned 13, 14 and I realized that I like boys and I said, Oh no, this is going to be a problem, isn't it? And Mm. (laughs) I was very afraid because I had heard my entire life that gay people are going to hell. And that got there an mm. open rebellion. Explicitly? Oh, explicitly, yes. Gay people go to hell. Gay yeah, people okay. are the problem. Gay people are abominations. They're trying to ruin. Like, oh, there was an entire sermon at my church about how we weren't supposed to watch American Idol anymore because they put Ellen as a judge. Not because Ellen doesn't oh, know no. shit about music because she was a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen doesn't know shit about music. Why was she judging a singing show? It makes no fucking good sense. Good at YouTube stars. <laughs> Come on, somebody, right? Ugh. Well, that, better that, better her than me. I'll put I'll put that out there. <laughs> yeah, <I'll> that. <laughs> so, you know, that was the environment I grew up in. Um, sophomore year of high school, um, I told a couple of my friends that I that I was attracted to boys, but I didn't I didn't define. I didn't know if I was gay or bi or what. I just knew that I liked boys, and I didn't talk about it with more mm. than two people. But then fast forward to my dad and I get into a fight. He tells me specifically, it's not about whether or not you're happy. It's about whether you are employable or not. And that was like a script that ran in my head for a long time. It's not about whether you're happy. Um, And he yelled at me and I cried and ran off. And like, he eventually like came and apologized to me, which was the only time he ever did uh, in his 58 year life. And then he kind of just like started a line of questioning and asked me if I was gay. And I'm like, uh, I'm kind of gay because I don't know what to do. And I knew that like my mother would freak the fuck out, which she did. 
Mm. And mm. within 24 hours, I was in an ex-gay therapy office, like sitting across from oh. a biblical counselor and getting mm. like my first dose of like, God loves you no matter what. And also you can mm. change. And also just like, if you just How old pray are you hard. at this point, sorry? I'm 15. Yeah. Wow, yeah. And it wasn't illegal at the time. And also we mm. signed up, we signed a paperwork saying that uh, we understood that this woman was not a trained psychotherapist. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. weird, weird times, yeah. right? You know, 12 years on and off in different offices and conferences and uh, Bible studies and men's groups. Tried to be a normal high schooler as much as possible. And how are you, mm. how are you feeling during this? Were you like feeling like you were some level of abomination yourself, like you didn't mm. belong, like something was wrong with you, like God didn't oh, love yeah. you. Tell us about your feelings during yeah. this. When I was trying to figure out like what was going on, like I thought I had done something wrong. Like I, mu I must be the problem. I must not want to change bad enough. So what, what they told me was like something in my happen must have, something must have happened to me in my childhood that caused me to be the way that I am which All right. so like it for me like they said that it's probably like your dad like you didn't connect much with your dad because you're a soft sensitive person and so because of that your dad didn't affirm you and your masculinity so i had this like causal yeah mm. they give you the definition and they give you the way to fix it which is right i mean i tried to reconnect with my dad but my dad and i like never we just had a re really weird fucking relationship all the way up until he died mm. um Mm. but uh Sad. that was the that was the thing and i just focused on that i just got i gotta learn to be a, a real man gotta learn to be a good man mm. but so like what did it feel like i was amazing at it i was amazing at being a good christian i was amazing at stuffing it down and performing it i was amazing like i thought like yes i'm on fire for god god is going to bless me god is going to heal me and so i hyper fixated on the church. I hyper fixated on giving 110% of my time to everything. So when you say heal you, meaning heal you from being gay. Yeah. yeah. When I say healing, I mean mm -hmm. that I was going to become a straight person, that God was going mm -hmm. to bring me a wife and yeah. people prophesied over me. That's what people said was going to happen. And so when wow. people in your life who you trust are closer to God than you are for some reason, but I trusted people in my life who told me, yeah, I just see this is what God has for you. And so, of course, I trusted it. And so were you excited when you heard that? Or was it daunting to think, well, that's against how I feel? No, it, what, like, the thing yeah, is, was is like, when you're in ex-gay therapy, as long as I was, I was bought in. I believed it. Oh, right. I wanted okay. it. Because it's like, I want, and like, nobody goes to ex-gay therapy and stays there because nobody's making them stay. That's the thing. Right. Because people want to be close to God. We don't want to go to hell. That's the big thing. Mm. I was so scared that if I didn't do the right thing, I would go to hell and burn for eternity. That's mm. quite a motivating factor, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, what is a, definitely. and they would often say like, what is a life of pleasure uh, compared to a life of, etern of eternal damnation? And I'm like, right, oh, you're right. right. Yeah. I can have orgasms yeah. in heaven with my angelic wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I will tell you, like, That's as the I. That's new clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
orgasms in heaven. Yes. <laughs> like, why? God, I, I, I hope there's orgasms in heaven. We're just going to call Kevin up and be like, oh, we've, we did some clickbait. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, just send me a text message. I'm full of really, really uh, top notch. All right. Yeah. We will. We will. We will. Clickbait um, uh, consultant. Yeah. Clickbait consultant. But yeah, I, uh, the, when you're, all of us who stayed around in those spaces, like, we believe that we were doing the right thing. We thought this is what God wants me to do. And so if I'm doing what God wants me to do, then it's not a chore. It's, it's for the kingdom. Mm. But the problem is, mm. is that there's a saying and a really great book called The Body Keeps the Score. And it does. I've heard of that. And what happens when you are suppressing who you are, constantly policing your behaviors, constantly um, pathologizing your desire, um, mm. your body starts to react in certain ways. Mm. Um, yeah. I know for me in college, I started having panic attacks um, okay. all the time. Um, I got really, really depressed and I started drinking and using and abusing prescription drugs. Um, mm. uh, my friend Miles has a heart condition still from anxiety, um, from mm. you being like, you know, a closeted trans person their entire life. My friend Vicky mm. um, developed an autoimmune disorder that almost destroyed her skin on her face um mm. which apparently it's such a rare disease that nobody knows what it causes it except for severe psychological trauma that's what causes yeah, this yeah. skin disease that eats your face mm. that has to be i've heard stuff like this similar where it actually like they do tests on people who are f like they test them and say you have to repress your emotions about watching something gory or oh, whatever yeah. and like then they test them after and their cognitive ability is like significantly reduced wow. yeah so mm -hmm. it's like a it's a thing it's legit yeah there's that's the thing about it is is all of this that everything i'm saying backed up by science but you know what evangelicals mm. don't want to look at science yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and so that's the thing is that like we and that's another thing is within evangelical Christian circles is that if it does not line up with the Bible, if it does not line up specifically with this thing, that this definition mm. of what it means to be human, mm. it's sin and sin is not tolerated. And yeah, and that's right. And that's important that it's like a particular understanding of the Bible too, because there's yeah plenty it's, of other ways of reading which a lot what, of these I guess things. Yeah. Kevin yeah. mentions yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, when, what, what is interesting is that you are giving some concrete examples from your experience that are illustrating what you're asserting that is this is not just behavioral if it yeah. was just behavioral like i'm abstaining from that packet of chips in my cupboard that yeah. i'm gonna demolish at some yeah. point because I don't want to go to hell. Because I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> well, not even. It's like, if it's an action, I'm not abs yeah, I'm well, abstaining. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you're talking about, if it was that simple, then why would it result in mm. some uh, like physiological yeah, yeah, like, yeah. manifestations mm -hmm. of it, which yeah. this if book it was, that I have heard of, that book. If it was purely, bio if it was purely behavioral, people wouldn't yeah. kill themselves. Right. Mm. If it was just about something surface level that we can fix, people would not kill themselves over it. Yeah. And that is the level because pe queer people who kill themselves believe it is better. Like this was my thought. And this is a thought I've heard, I've heard from many people just like, I thought it would be better for me to stop sinning than to keep sinning. Whoa. Right. 
That yeah. was what that was my thought in my body. It's just like I can't stop my yeah. body from sinning. My body must be the problem because my brain wants God. Of course, I want God. I've been yeah. I've programmed my brain, but like my body. Yeah. I never thought of that. Yeah, I yeah, never yeah. thought of that. Yeah. And and it might hopefully it doesn't sound too bad, yeah. but the highly logical yeah. idea if you accept that eternal life is on the on the yeah. table yeah. and eternal damnation, if yeah. you truly believe that. Get yourself right. If you truly then, believe that, yeah. then it seems almost reasonable yeah. for you to go, well, I can't not do this. I've yeah. tried for X amount of years. Yeah. Maybe if I just try really hard for a quick bit and then end my life, yeah, yeah. maybe that will will avoid be eternal yeah. damnation. Yeah. Because if you're told by the church that it's like a desperation anything, thing. Because anything can justify eternal yes. life so it's like oh what yeah like what what kevin said what's a lifetime of pleasure yeah mm-hmm. worth eternity yeah yeah i mean it it is almost rational and reasonable oh, yeah. yes yeah in that paradigm of thinking yeah. uh, what are your kind of reflections on that i think you're absolutely spot on that's exactly it if, if you agree to the premises of that paradigm and that that, that area Uh, If you subscribe to that worldview, it makes absolute sense why Mm. somebody is, I mean, like it made absolute sense to me. I mean, to people, for people who stay side B because they're afraid of hell, it makes perfect sense to me why you wouldn't want to get engaged with, you know, a sinful behavior that could land you in the fires of hell. makes total sense. Mm. However, Mm. um, my question then becomes, I'm just like, well, what is that producing in your life? Well, you know, most of the time I see people who are pretty miserable because they're like Mm. holding on to this old way of thinking. And then I posit the idea of just like, do you think that God wanted you to have a miserable existence? Well, no. I'm like, well, then why are you doing the thing that makes you miserable? Because God said something. I'm just Mm. like, well, that sounds like a pretty shitty God to follow. Mm. And I put it, and when you put it that way, I'm just like, look at, look at the fruit of your life. Like if you're miserable, that's data. But again, like people like the church, much like my father said, it's not about your happiness. And that's also a trope that floats around evangelicalism, that it's not about your happiness. It is not about how you feel. It's not about what's going on. It's only what the Bible says. So the real work then becomes like giving people permission to think for themselves and also giving people the tools to say that you're allowed to argue with your tradition which is where my work comes in and what my work does. Because as a practical theologian, what I do with every single belief, every single practice is like, what does it do? What is it doing to me, for me, in me? What is it doing to and for around people around me? So that's where we have to focus. And so practical theology is always about self-critique. It's performance and critique, always. And that's the dance that Christianity has lost over the past 2000 years is the ability to self-critique because we're so obsessed with being right. That's the problem. Mm. Um, And then also this whole notion of a singular God, a singular path to salvation, um, not understanding Christianity to be within the wealth of other wisdom traditions. Um, Mm. But I think the beginning thing that I always start with people is like, is it gonna are is it gonna lead you to life? Is it gonna lead you into better or more? Is it going to make you happy? Mm. And if it's not making you happy, then beloved, why do you do it? 
Yeah, yeah. Our, our southern evangelical friends of the show, uh, and we as we've spoken to a couple so far, mm. and as, the goal of the show is to we always divide into camps, and and we're doing our best to provide a practice where you don't have to agree, but we can see w- what a great person Kevin is, and what a mm. what even a great person someone who thinks the exact opposite. Yeah. Of Kevin is, yeah. and as we, as we were talking to our previous guest, which the episode may have been out, we mentioned this. I guess the idea of the fruits. Yeah. We said uh, kind of what you were saying: the the fruits have an outcome, and and uh, I'm far less well versed on this. But I was saying that what do you what do you say when we look at church institutions and see almost no uh, LGBTQ people in there? What what are we noticing? Why aren't they there? And what are we noticing when we see such high suicide rates and depression rates and all of these things? What are we saying as an institution when we look at those fruits? And and his his response was more of one, and this is probably many people's uh, idea, being a very much, and it was, you know, sorry, sorry, America, but it was a very American yeah. freedom idea. Yeah. And it was very much like, wh- why should my opinions on whether you're going to hell or not or whether you're saved or not mm. why should that lead someone to kill themselves and yeah. he was kind of saying i believe of it. Yeah. well and and in a way he 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 really wanted to emphasize this idea and and i yeah i get i get what he was emphasizing mm. which was i believe that to love you the best yeah I have to say this stuff and this yeah. is what I believe is the best life for you. And, and that he, he said it multiple times. Oh, and so yeah, I get yeah. the idea that he genuinely believes it. Yeah. But what is your, I guess, response to those people? Because he definitely, he's, he's a representative of a lot of people for sure, which I guess you grew up with and you're yeah. very familiar yeah. with. Yeah. And so I, it's one of those things where uh, if I came up and I just like cut you a little bit with a knife and said, I love you, would you say that that's loving? Mm. If I came up to you yeah, every yeah. single day <laughs> and I said, um, I think that the way that you, I think you and your boyfriend are nice, but I also think that God hates that. I think God hates your relationship and the way that you love each other. Does that feel loving? Do, and so if, if, you, if you keep coming at me and you keep saying, uh, I love you and I think you're going to hell, I love you and I think you're going to hell. I don't want to hear that. And that feels like, here's the thing. It's intention over impact. My intention might be to love you. My intention might be to give you the words of life. My intention might be to lead you to Jesus. But if the way that you are impacting me is negative, your intention doesn't mean shit. And so it's the same thing with white people and black people. When we don't want to say something racist, it's just like, Oh, I didn't mean to be racist. It doesn't matter. What you did was racist or what you said was racist. Same principle. It, it is up to the person on the receiving end of whatever it is to decide whether your action was loving or unloving. We don't get to make the call. I don't get to tell you what feels loving to you, you know? And you don't get to tell me what's loving to me because like, you know what uh, abusers do to their people when they're hurting them? Like an abusive father beating their child would say, I'm doing this because I love you. And you know the reason evangelicals believe that? Because they believe in a God who would kill his own son. 
They sanction abuse with their theology. So that's how this works. You think that you can just have, like, there are no idle thoughts. It gives rise to form in some form or another. And if your thought is that there is somebody who could be separated from God, separated from love in any form, it hurts. So, like, you know, if you want to tell, like, the thing is just, like, you want to know why people don't want to listen to you? Because you're being mean. Nobody, like, nobody, because, like, and also, if you get up close to somebody and you actually see their hurt, you actually see their relationship, you actually humanize them, it takes away your ability to see them as other. And that's the problem, is that they, you, people still, the like Christians by and large, still see queer people as other, as that group over there, those people who do those things, and not people who are sitting in their pews. And that's the thing. We're sitting in the pews. We're in churches. There's not one single church in America that doesn't have a queer person in it. I guarantee you that. Not a queer, like, where could you run from our presence? We are everywhere. But that's really what we have to remember is that intention does not really matter. It is always impact. And that's the same thing with theology. You could say that, oh, God loves everyone and God wants us to abstain from these things in order that we might have fuller life. However, you got to look at what those theologies look like lived out in the bodies of actual queer people who have to bear the consequences of your words. And so like, here's the thing is like, you say like, oh, I just believe that like marriage is between one man and one woman. And I don't care, like, you know, you can get married, gay married if you want to. But that anti that, that uh, ambivalence about that allows for stuff like what's happening in Australia, all of these different bans on LGBTQ people being able to get married or to adopt children or any other thing. Like your, like these idle thoughts are not just like personal beliefs because all thought manifests yeah. itself in action. And theology to almost link very well back yes. to the you've top circled of the show. very well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you've done this before. Kevin is like, not. Listen, this is like what I, uh, I'm passionate is. about. This is what I care about so much. Because this, when you say there are no idle thoughts, I'm hearing the connection between theology is a set of ideas and ideas about God and the universe and what happens after you die, all of these things. And you're saying these ideas and this theology has actions. And if we look at the actions, we can see the impact. And one very concrete example, which I thought was interesting when you say, because most of Christianity believes God would kill his own yeah. son, yeah. murder his own son yeah. to save humanity so yeah, so it's, it's nothing for me to tell you that, that I think you're going to hell. Yeah, because it allow it, if God can do it, then it gives yeah. permission to say, and well, it is that I'm trivialization. Just doing what God is doing, like I'm just loving you. you That's know. right. Yeah. It's that trivialization of the human life is yeah. what I'm seeing there in that idea. Mm. If you trivialize the human life to like, well, what is death? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, what is yeah. death? And yeah. it's even more trivialized when you say it about someone else because when it's about me, whoa, whoa, whoa. like yeah, that's right. <laughs> death, yeah. yeah, come on. But when it's yeah. about someone else that I might not be connected to, I that's might not right. be personal to. Yeah. And that's the thing I'm seeing that is not controversial mm. within what Kevin is saying, which is... It's very relational. Yes. You're saying, I am hurting. Yeah. Jesus 
was on earth, loving people, mm. sitting with them, connecting with them, interacting with them on a human level. Even I came to bring life and life to the and full. Life to the full. And Kevin saying, well, my life to the full is being queer. Yes. And... Yeah, I mean... And it's it's that emphasis that is non-controversial if you remove the queer, gay and all that kind of stuff. That all those would, definitions. That might yeah, yeah. trigger people. Yeah. But it's, do you love me as a human? That, do yeah. you respect me? And yeah. I see where this juts up in, in just modern society, more in America, but still in Australia. We're kind of borrowing from your book a little bit, a lot. But it's mm. that it juts up against the idea of individualism and personal freedom. Yes, yeah. It says, when you say the sentence, I know this would trigger people for sure. <laughs> when you say... It's up to that person to decide whether they've been offended, whether it's racist, whether it's homophobic, whether it's whatever it is. I would just hear the reaction like, oh, well, I have to just dance around and not say anything because you might be offended. But let's take it from a non-controversial, for many people, Christian perspective Mm. that says, do you love people? Do you love Kevin? When Kevin says, I prefer they, them pronouns, for me... Not don't have many friends that prefer they them pronouns. My yeah. habits are not there. But yeah. do I go? Oh well, this inconvenience me. Yeah. Too bad, Kevin. And yeah. what he prefers. Suck it up, Kevin. <laughs> right? Or do I go? No. Yeah. Let's I, try and, let's I try want to make, make Kevin feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Let me do what I can because he's uh, they is a human. Yeah. And Kevin is a human, and yeah. I want to just make Kevin yeah. feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And that's a non-controversial Christian idea. Yeah. I suppose. So I'm I'm trying to pull out just these non-controversial things. Yeah, because the thing about it is when you lay it out like that, it makes sense to you and I. However, the thing we have to remember that is that like for many people to be kind to me is to affirm my lifestyle. To actually treat me like family would be to be affirmation of my actions and we cannot affirm sins. Can't do it. You've hit on it. You've hit on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's almost exactly what what he said yeah yeah so it's like in a perfect world that makes sense and i think deep down most people actually believe that but then again Mm. hell is a terrifying possibility and when Mm. you people when your people are so scared of hell they'll do anything you want i I mean that's we've we've really touched on these idea the, the idea of bad theology and how it how it kills and how it leads people to isolation, to be on the outside. Because mm. on some level, when I hear the argument which would be made that says, well, why would someone kill themselves over what I think? That seems like what you have to police me so they don't have an action. Mm. But then there's then there's the perspective that says we are relational beings. Mm. We're hearing uh, the brief snippet of Kevin's story that says, I grew up, we're in a Christian family. This is my home. This is my belonging. These are my people. My parents almost, or their almost love comes from this. Mm. And if I become something that is deemed as sin, which is hell worthy, Mm. then I am now not even worthy of my very love, very connection. And so, of it's once again, how could it not lead someone to the horrible decision to go maybe it's maybe mm. it's better to not be here because without love once again if you're a christian you believe in love it seems rational to be like well how can i live without love yeah yeah um yeah so talk to I, as we're getting sort of running out of time a bit kevin um talk to us about like sort of touch a bit on your personal 
journey again. Like, do you still have friends from when you were young, growing up, coming out with these ideas and and stuff? And the more important, it's from the, the this extension is more of the important thing that I want to t- um to find out from you is how you are viewed by them and how you view them now, like the people that you grew up with and around. Uh, so over the past six years, since I started my coming out process, I, I originally was very committed to keeping my, the friends that I had from my past, the people who really like helped me through some initial dark times. Um, but these were also the people who like, when I came out of the closet said, well, we love you. We just, you know, we just don't think this is right. We just don't think this is okay. And that to me, like, was so confusing because it was like, you said that we were family. You said that you would love me no matter what, even if we ever disagreed and not, that nothing would change. It was a lie. They could not or would not follow me into my brave new world that I was entering. So it was hard for me, but what was interesting is like, I, when I came out, I was working for an evangelical missions organization and the job that they had slated for me, that they created for me because I gave them six months of free labor during an internship, uh, went to somebody else very, very quickly. And I was suddenly no longer a good candidate for literally any job there, even answering phones. Like I had a, it was so disheartening. And so I had to leave that place with no job, $2,000 further in debt, no place to live. I, I stayed with my friend on a shitty, on an air mattress. And I had 325 USD that I had to stretch for months, working odd jobs, finding stuff here and there. So um, when I, and when I left that evangelical space, all I heard was silence. I was abandoned when I came out. And that is the story of so many queer people. You will hear one of three things, either, yay, good for you, I'm gonna support you and I love you no matter what. B, I think you're a sinner and I think you need to repent. Or C, nothing. Radio silence. And that to me, was the most heartbreaking thing in the world because just like I like at least care enough about me to argue with me and but what's really heartbreaking is that like the people who told me that they were my family I apparently was not enough for them to even consider looking at a different perspective I was not even worth the time it took to read an article on my phone like because Again, for them, it's the, it's the fearful perspective. If I'm wrong about this, what else am I wrong about? And so they do risk, because like, they, they look at me as like, if I align myself with Kevin and he lost so much, that means I'm going to lose everything because that's what allyship is. It's being willing to take on the, the responsibility and the consequences of the community that you claim to care about. So, um, so for me, I do not have any friends from my old life anymore, really. Maybe one, maybe two, but even those few people are not very close to me. Um, And in my friendships now, because of my social location, because of the work that I do, I cannot be friends with people who think that being queer is a sin or who can't fully celebrate me. And I don't have a problem not being friends with them. I don't have a problem telling people you are allowed to think whatever you want. And I'm also allowed to keep whatever boundaries I need to, because I spent 20 
four years of my life fighting to breathe, fighting to just sit around and be bored with myself and not have my mind going at a 7,000 miles an hour. And so, no, like, I don't have to be friends with people who disagree with me. Because you know why? You're not disagreeing with me. You're telling me that who I am is disgusting and God doesn't love me. And I don't have to sit, yeah. I don't have to stand for that. Who would? Mm. And if mm. you say like, well, you're being closed-minded, I'm saying, well, you're being a dick. So, and at the end of the day, like at the end of the day, my heart is, I do not give a shit about the peace. Like if like, if a cishet person is offended by me saying to fuck off, I don't give a shit. You know why? Because at the end of the day, I'm here to stop my people from being killed. Mm. I'm here to, because this is the thing. When I say bad theology kills, I'm not just talking about a theory. I'm talking about my body. I'm talking about my friends. Mm. And if you did that serious, and I don't have time to explain it to you, because you know why I have DMs from kids who are living in rural Mississippi who don't know how to talk to their daddy about it because daddy beats them. Mm. What I, what I, what I, well, this is why I don't have time. This is, why, this is why queer people get pissed off. This is why we get troped as the angry gay person or the militant queer. You know why? Because we've been getting killed since Stonewall. Because trans women of color are out in the streets getting killed. That's why we're pissed. And if you can't see that, then your eyes aren't open. And I do not have time to wake you, little sleeper. And so when you want to, if, if people want to step to me, like, step. I don't have time to it. Because you know what? I got a joyful existence to live. I got dancing to do. Got weed to smoke. And not spending time with assholes. That's another thing. Sorry, I got a little passionate just there. Mm. No, 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 no thanks good. so much for that. I just want to know. Is, like that, that insight in, yeah. into, I mean, of, you know, that passion I think is necessary as an insight yeah. into the reality of the world you live and the friendships you have and the lot and the literal it's 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 an abstract thought until it's not yeah. until it's a reality well that that's that's what i want to know and you, kevin you might be the first person that i've met that might be able to give me an answer to this the platitudes that christianity espouses is that part of the problem because what they hear when you say Mm. we're being killed is just another platitude that's what they hear it as oh, that's what, do you what mean? I, they so i i suggest that kevin what kevin says when he says my body is being killed by your actions and by your words they hear a platitude because they don't believe as much as they think they do about god being a loving god mm. it's more of a platitude Shoot, go, hit me. <laughs> That's it. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, is right. that, again, experience is everything, right? And so, mm. so many people, like, we, like, they don't want to change their mind. The church is slow to change their mind about everything from, like, the sun to, like, the sun. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they, like, they threw, yeah, yeah. They, tell, they said, Galileo, you're a heretic, because the Bible is clear. Yeah. That the sun, yeah. it says in Proverbs that the sun begins where it begins and then hurries back to where it starts again. Bible's clear. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, <laughs> runs. Oh, crap, I'm late. I'm in a hurry. <laughs> uh, so, there is, uh, 
it's all, it, it is a bunch of platitudes. So when they hear gay people get, get killed by bad theology, they think it's a hyperbole because in their mind, they can't be wrong because they're, they're mm -hmm. God's people. How could God's people sin against yeah. the world? Well, hell, hell depends on it, right? Yeah. Exactly. And we have to save as many souls. So they're absolutely convinced, but it is these platitudes that people are taught to believe that they grow up with and they don't realize the impact. It's always, I never, they never understand impact. Yeah. It's like when people send out like these ugh, that's a, mission trips, that's another conversation for another time. But it has to come back to real world impact. And if it, this is my favorite rule. If you do not have any LGBTQ friends, you cannot have a policy about them because you don't understand how your personal policy is lived out in their bodies. Affects them. Yeah. Sure. If you don't have yeah. a personal relationship with a black person, you don't get to say that Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. Mm. If you don't have a Muslim friend, you can't say Islam is a horrible religion of, of terrorists because guess what? It's not. Mm. You know, you don't get to have a policy without a person involved. That's my rule. Mm. Yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm talking about personally, like an actual yeah, yeah. friend, not just I have my one black friend, I have one, my one gay friend. Yeah, yeah. Not the token. I got many, yeah. many black friends. I got lots of black friends. <laughs> yeah, like, Some but, people say I've got heaps of black I've friends. Got of, I've got the best black friends. <laughs> I've got the best black friends. The friends with Kanye West. The best. Friends, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it oh, is. Dear. I think it's a lot of that. Like Christians don't understand why they believe what they do. They don't. I'm like mm. when I and they when they say like God loves you and Jesus died for your sins. I ask, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you actually mean? And like, no, a lot of them's like, well, what does it mean to, to, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind? What does it mean to love God if God doesn't technically have a corporal body? What does it mean to, um, to do any of this, if not practically? And a lot of it, again, evangelicals are all theory and no practice. But today, but today you are a Christian. <laughs> yep. And that, that, yeah. Talk to me. Apparently, I Talk care a lot me. about it, yeah. and that's great. Yeah. Talk to me about that—that that almost non-dual way of being. Being yeah. like, this is my world. I've come from. This is the hurt it inflicts continually on me and mm. my friends. This is the life and death situation that this theology has put me into. And today, I'm a Christian. I use the Bible. I love the Bible. Mm. Just. Talk to me about how those go together. I think we have to recognize that like Christianity was never a monolith and never was like, there are only like a hundred, what, mm. 144,000 different denominations of Christianity today. Mm. So like understanding That's that more than not, I heard, <laughs> I believe <yeah>. it. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. we, we have to understand that Christianity is not a monolith and that mm -hmm. there is no, I mean, I think there's a wrong way to be a Christian. And like, I think a lot of Christians are quote unquote doing it wrong. But I, I think what I, I have to remember is that like, I'm begrudgingly still a Christian because even though God is outside of form, within form, within a container, actual healing can take place. Because for me, I love to live in the wide open spaces and just like, you know, let's trip and talk about how we're one with the universe. That's where I love to live. But my people and the people that I love the most, the people who like I can speak to their experience, they all live within a structure. They live within the framework of Christianity. And also Christianity is a helpful language. 
you know, it's the biggest religion in the world. Most people speak it. So if you, mm. if you, if we can use these symbols and that's all they are, are symbols, if we can use these symbols in a way that helps direct people towards more life-giving situations, then why would I not use that tool? Well, for some people, and it's like, well, because the like, Christianity has been a colonial thing that's destroyed the earth. And like, and also Christianity was the thing that sparked women's suffrage that helped, you know, in started abolition. Um, it is my Christianity that compels me into the streets to protest for black lives. It's, you know, it's like, if, you t if you're talking about one brand of Christian, sure. But mm. I think that right now the church is currently in a state of evolving and like what it means to be a person of faith is beginning to evolve as well. And so maybe I won't always be, a, I, I don't always feel ashamed of it. Cause at the end of the day, like, I don't need to just like, people say you're a Christian. I was like, yeah, sure. I'm not really like, the thing is like, I'm not, mm -hmm. the question I draw, I'm drawn to all the time is who do you say that I am? Cause if you look at my life and you say, oh, you're a Christian, there's Jesus on you. I'm like, great, I'm a Christian. But if you look at me and all you see is like my pot and my tarot cards and you know, gay, then I'm a gay cannabis witch. Sure, whatever, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, I'm here to stop people from killing themselves. That's literally all I care about. I'm here to help people live full and exciting and abundant lives. That's what I'm here for. And I do not give a shit about anything else. And the Christian belief system is big enough and is personal enough for you to fit within it despite other people saying you don't. Yeah, well, because I think it's really not so much the Christian Christianity is big enough for me into, but I am that God is big enough for Christianity to fit mm. into. Right. And yeah. I am big yeah. enough to fit into God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the thing, is that yeah. like I have friends who are Baha'i, I have friends who are sick, I have friends who are Islam or Muslim, excuse me. Mm. You know, mm. people from all sorts of and I'm also like, you know, it's kind of a witchy woman myself. And so God is Christ God is big enough for Christianity. That's what we'll say. Mm. And so yeah, yeah, yeah. if God is big enough and mysterious for Christianity, then like they're a part it's like the same way, like, you know, the same reason we read Hafiz or we read, um, you know, the Sufi mystics and we all get moved. We don't have to be Muslim mm. to understand them because it's all art. It's all God. It's all the same. Mm. So. Well, I think that's cool. Yeah. That's a great place to pull it to the end. Is there anything yeah. you you, th you think we missed or you want to just clarify or anything like that before yeah. you, before you no, end? Don't... I just want to tell people to go buy my book because it helps pay my bills. <laughs> uh <-huh>. and, <laughs> and podcast is called? Uh, my podcast is called A Tiny Revolution. The book is Bad Theology Kills. You can find everything at thekevingarcia.com. Nailed it. Perfect. Oh. Now, if you're listening to this and you were wearing your trigger pants and you're yeah. feeling yeah. upset and triggered, like yeah. bloody well done for yeah. getting to the if end. You got like, to here, that's that's um, amazing because if you have had the experience that uh, Kevin and I have just had encountering Kevin, mm. great person, enjoyed mm. my time immensely. Mm. If you agree or disagree with some of the ideas that Kevin's put forward, not really the point. No. Hopefully really you matter. have seen a glimpse into Kevin's journey, life. How we um, got there. How Kevin got there and all of those things. Yeah. And 
Maybe you've got some ideas to sit with and digest. Mm. Because that's the name of the podcast. So we'll <laughs> squeeze that in there. Ed, thanks so much for joining us. And thanks for being yeah. open and honest and just being in the spirit of yeah. just explaining a lot, to be honest. I definitely had a, like one conversation isn't enough, but I've yeah. learned a lot. I, f- in I this feel like we could come back and have another chat. Well, I am <laughs> very intrigued when Kevin at the end there drops and I saw it on Kevin's website too. And it was. Uh, what was it? It was tarot cards. Yeah, tarot cards. And Christianity. Oh, man. Oh, get, man. Come back and let's get oh, man. All right. We will, we will get Kevin back and yeah. we're going to get into tarot cards and Christianity because yeah. I was brought up. You're opening the door for the devil. <laughs> so that's, that's the, they're the assumptions that I've yeah. got going Listen, on. Let me tell you, when you invite him over, he doesn't bring any beer. That's the problem. <laughs> when you summon him, he's like, hey, I'm here to party. And you're just like, fireball again, Satan? Come on, be more original. <laughs> Budweiser only. American beer brand, the only one I know. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, the only, and- the only Australian brand is... Uh, well, fun yeah. fact, there aren't any technically because we've yeah. all sold them off to, in- yeah. to England. Yeah. You only get some like hipster craft stuff yeah, from yeah. Melbourne or something. So, so VB, my calling. not really. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, so, I've had yeah. so much fun. Thank really? you for having me on. This is like one of the most interesting nah. conversations I've had in a long time. This was lovely. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jumping off the Instagram live for those listening on the podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode. Yeah. If you would like to catch us... Uh, on Instagram, it's at Ideas Digest. We'd mm. love to hear from you and email ideasdigest at gmail.com. And remember the three things. Mm. If you want to take this from a passive to a practice, yeah. click on the episode that most triggers you. Write us a question yeah. on our Instagram post, what you think we should have asked. I'm already thinking of a hundred yeah. I wish I'd asked. <laughs> yeah. So send those through and yeah. send us a DM, your Twitter response for Kevin. Yeah, uh, Kevin shared some very interesting things. So if you'd like mm. to... Share your thoughts about what Kevin made you think of. Yeah. Let That's us the space to do it. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us on Instagram Live, and we will catch you in the next episode, live next week, episodes every week. We will catch you next time. See ya.